TheOAMNetwork.com. Power to the podcast. Welcome to The Permanent Record. I'm Josh Spickler, Executive Director of Just City. We're a nonprofit criminal justice reform organization based in Memphis, Tennessee. The Permanent Record is our podcast about the criminal justice system and how we can work together to make it work better for everyone. This episode of The Permanent Record includes one of two very special Shelby County election interviews we recorded recently with each of the candidates for Shelby County Mayor. We've released the two interviews simultaneously as separate episodes. I encourage you to listen to both and hear what they each have to say to very similar questions about the criminal justice system. In a county of nearly 1 million people with a budget of $1.25 billion, the mayor is responsible for budgeting and strategic planning for the largest municipal government in the Mid-South. In a battle to replace term-limited mayor Mark Luttrell, county trustee David Lenore beat out two challengers for the Republican nomination. He faces Democratic state senator Lee Harris in the August 2nd general election. We just released our interview with Senator Harris at the same time as this one. Shelby County's criminal justice system is massive. The county funds courts, jails, prosecutors, public defenders, a probation office, a pretrial service office, sheriff's office, and it owns and operates a sprawling prison in addition to the courthouse and the law enforcement headquarters at 201 Poplar Avenue. So a very large percentage of that $1.25 billion budget goes towards the systems we use to administer justice. We thought it would be a good idea to find out a little bit about the two men vying to influence that spending for the next four to eight years. So here's our interview with County Trustee David Lenore. Thanks for joining us today, uh, Mr. Lenore, the County Trustee. Um, I, I really appreciate you making the time. Yeah, glad to be here. Thank you, Josh. Sure. Um, the trustee, so you, you refer to yourself as the county's banker. Uh, and so the way I understand that a bank, it, right. this is about as much as I understand about a bank, is that uh, it holds people's money and then distributes it when that when they request it. So am I right? And, and how does it work in, in terms of a county? Yeah, Josh, uh, that's right. It's, uh, it's actually a title that uh, Bob Patterson actually uh, – uh, titled the office uh, many years ago. Bob, uh, Mr. Patterson served for the trustee for, or served as the trustee for many years uh, and described it as the banker. And I think it's a more accurate description. Uh, many people don't uh, know what the trustee's office is, but yes, uh, we are responsible for the billing and collecting of the property tax and then holding those monies. And a lot of folks uh, would uh, refer to that as a custodian. So we hold those monies and invest those monies on behalf of uh, our, our citizens until those uh, monies are needed. Uh, and so we have about a billion two budget in Shelby County. Uh, 800 million of that comes through property tax. So it's very important. And that's your office collecting that. Yeah, oh yeah, that's our office. Uh, that is that is our responsibility. Um, I guess to bring it a little more current, uh, the county commission just uh, on Monday passed the tax rate. Mm-hmm. So our office is in the process of sending out those tax notices. So... Uh, the taxes that one owes on their property is based on the value multiplied times the tax rate. We send that out to taxpayers, and it's our responsibility to collect that money. Got so, it. yeah, uh, it's $800 million. Um, yeah. a, a lot of activity in our office uh, near year end as uh, people who escrow their property taxes, uh, you know, uh, get that money in before year end. And then a lot of activity in February uh, because that's the last month to pay. And if you don't pay by February 
uh, you're delinquent. Right. So, um, so elected, it's incredible. Yeah, it's an incredible responsibility. Yeah, and elected to that office in 2010. So you've been doing that for eight years. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what brought you into public life and, and why you, you decided to make the next step in a, in a run at Shelby County Mayor. Yeah, sure, Josh. Um, well, w- why I ran uh, and why I'm running is uh, I'm a problem solver. Uh, back in 2010, uh, we had a real recession going on uh, across the nation, but particularly here in Shelby County. Um, uh, not too long before, in, in early 2000, 2004, 2005, I began to do a personal inventory of my own life and the gifts and abilities that God had given me and how I could get more involved in the community. Uh, my background is accounting uh, in banking and finance. And so uh, when I looked at the direction uh, of our nation, and in particular our county, uh, when I came into the office uh, back in 2010, uh, we were we owed a lot of people a lot of money, uh, about $1.6 billion, and it was a significant portion of our tax rate. So uh, instead of being able to fund uh, pre-K or fund uh, invest more money in education, we were spending a lot of money paying down our debt. Um, and so I decided to jump in and try to solve that problem uh, back in 2010. It's been a real honor to serve uh, as the banker for Shelby County. Uh, I do know this, uh, that Shelby County is financially stronger uh, today uh, than it was eight years ago. So it's a tribute to uh, my coworkers at the trustee's office, uh, Mayor Luttrell and uh, the other elected officials here in Shelby County. We've worked extremely hard um, so that uh, Shelby County is financially stronger and in a better place so that we can uh, invest in pre-K education. We right. can invest in uh, education uh, and other uh, needs in our community. Right, right. Yeah, so Mayor Luttrell, our current county mayor, uh, spent most of his career running jails and prisons and a sheriff's office uh, right before he became the, the mayor. Uh, and right. uh, so I guess, you know, it, it, I want to talk about criminal justice, obviously, sure, yeah. as, as quickly and as much as possible. So what experience have you had with that uh, justice system? And um, what would you say, from what you know, uh, is working well and, and how do you measure its effectiveness and, and what do you hope to bring to bear on the criminal justice system in Shelby County if you were to win? Yeah, I'm, I'm certainly not as aware as, uh, as Mayor Luttrell is. As you mentioned, he served as uh, in corrections uh, prior to being the sheriff and then served as the sheriff for, uh, for eight years uh, prior, to, prior to being the mayor. I, I spent uh, 20 years in the private sector, again, mainly in the banking and financial services business. So I think that's extremely important just to acknowledge where your strengths and weaknesses are. Um, I'm not as well versed in criminal justice and in corrections uh, like Mayor Luttrell uh, would be. And so my solution to that would be to reach out to a team of experts. I mean, uh, individuals like yourself and others uh, to get around a table like we are today and talk about uh, what is working and, and what is not working. Uh, I know from a personal level, um, you know, a, a young man that I developed a relationship with uh, 15 years ago, unfortunately, was uh, uh, in jail for driving with a revoked or suspended license. So I know on one end, as it relates to nonviolent crimes, um, there seem to be and there are uh, high hurdles uh, for many within our community. Uh, anything that we can do to address and eliminate uh, or reduce uh, those hurdles um, I'm all for, um, and I know there's, you and I've talked before, and, and, and I'm glad to see uh, what's going on in the area of expungements mm-hmm. uh, to eliminate and remove those hurdles. Um, and then on the, on the violent crime side, uh, I'm one of those that uh, 
does believe we have to take a tough stance on on violent crime. I've sat down with um, uh, folks who've committed uh, violent crimes, talked to them, tried to understand um, a little bit about their background and a little bit about what changed in them and why it changed in them uh, as opposed uh, once they got out particularly around issues like workforce development, getting plugged back into society and the challenges uh, that they have doing that. So right, right. Uh, not as well-versed, but willing <laughs> to listen and, 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 and take in that knowledge. Yeah, sure. So to, to your, your, your response, you talked about sitting down with people who've, who've um, you know, been charged with crime. And, and of course, um, we're, we're also concerned with the victims of those crimes. So sure. considering both sides, you know, there's a, there's a person who's been aggrieved, a community that's been aggrieved, and a person who's, who's charged with doing that. How do we decide how we are effectively doing that, how we're effectively um, treating both sides and bringing back a, a restoration? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it's a tough one to measure, clearly. I mean, it's like if I said I loved you, I mean, you said, well, how much? I mean, it would just be one of those uh, um, abstract things that would mm-hmm. be hard, hard to measure. Um, uh, you know, at the same time, I think about the old adage, um, your actions uh, speak louder than your words. So in terms of looking at behaviors and how someone uh, hopefully has changed from uh, a life of crime, uh, obviously, particularly violent crime, um, I think would be one of those uh, things that we would have to look at and uh, and measure. But again, it's 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 in my world, and uh, in, in my knowledge, it's it's difficult to to judge a heart and right. see that someone's heart has you know has changed. Right. Well, you said uh, you know actions speak louder than words, and, and a, a common refrain from uh, leadership in our criminal justice system is that we can't arrest our way out of this so-called problem that we right. have of crime. And, uh, and, and that is a, a thing that gets repeated quite frequently. Um, and, and I want to talk then a little bit about our jail, which right. uh, is nearing a, it's probably at a record high population right. today. Right. Um, I just looked at the numbers from June and it's, it's very near 3000 people. Right. Uh, and um, that's uh, in spite of arrests actually being down and, and bookings into the jail actually being down. So I wonder, I have, of course, ideas about why that's true. I wonder what your understanding uh, of that is and, and if if those are conversations that you're already having or what, what would your role be in those conversations were you to be the Shelby County mayor? Yeah, no, um, you know, as far as uh, the population at corrections, um, I'm, I'm aware uh, that it is high. I, I have to tell you, um, I'm concerned about when the, this particular conversation uh, is tied back into finances and the budget and the expenses with operating uh, our corrections facility. Mm-hmm. Um, w- that should not be our mindset. Um, my hope. Our mindset we, should not be about money. Yeah. Or- yeah. I mean, in, in, in terms of, um, hey, we have this uh, corrections facility uh with uh, a capacity of X and we're not at X. Uh, and so therefore, um, um, you know, l- let's see what we can do in terms of increasing the prison population. That should not be the mindset uh, that we ought, we ought to approach. Um, unfortunately, I've, I've heard that sort of uh, uh, kind of conversation uh, take place and that would not be my approach. Um, what I was going to say a second ago is, uh, you know, I, I'm, um, my head is not in the sand. I would define myself as a realistic uh, optimist. 
but it would be ideal if we could shut down parts of the corrections facility because we had less population in our corrections facility. So, um, you know, as it relates to the population and what we can do, um, I would love to take a look at, and I've talked to uh, some of our uh, the nonprofit providers uh, like uh, uh, Mr. Wade over at Hope Works that are doing work inside of the corrections facility for uh, workforce development. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's not as straightforward as I think many of us think it is in terms of when someone goes into corrections and when they come out of corrections. Um, because things can be expedited, but while they are there, you would love to begin this rehabilitative process okay. in anticipation of their release back into the community so that they can hit the ground running um, once they're out. Um, right. So. Yeah, that's a great example. He's in the kind of the next question, which, you know, you, you talk uh, in your campaign about a safer, creating a safer Shelby County. Right. And, and so that's a great example uh, that, I, that I appreciate and, and I think would, you know, does, I think we know this, leads to, you know, safer communities when uh, people have opportunity after they exit the criminal justice system. Are there other, you know, specific ideas, uh, proposals that, that you think from the bully pulpit of the county mayor you would uh, be in favor of that make us safer? Well, you know, Josh, what I've said is uh, education. Um, I mentioned it earlier in my in my role as the as the banker. The fact that we've been able to f- provide funding for pre K. I know you and your audiences uh, are familiar with the studies that talk about uh, reading and poverty that exists within our community and the um, uh, the poor reading level, the illiteracy that exists within our community. In fact, that many of our kids can't read by the third grade and the unfortunate fork in the road that it creates for many within our community. So I would prefer to make the investment early on as it relates to crime prevention. Uh, I said last night uh, in the forum that I believe one of the best tools related to crime prevention is job creation. So not only education, but job opportunities. Uh, You've probably heard me say this before, but I believe that the most dangerous person in the world is a person with no hope. And that hopelessness uh, in, uh, for many is tied to long-term unemployment. And that can lead to, that hopelessness can lead to a poor decision, a bad decision, and uh, possibly a criminal decision that usually starts off as a nonviolent crime, but un- it's an unfortunate path for many um, that possibly get on a, on a crime path that might escalate into a, a violent crime. And so... Uh, uh, the foundation, if you will, of my campaign is, is focused on education. We have to get education right. And what I've said as it relates to public safety is, uh, you're right, building bigger prisons is not the solution. We have to look at public safety through the lens of education and economic development. And if we can look at it through that lens, and I believe that the, the mayor can have a direct impact on on. Uh, Improving educational outcomes and improving um, economic opportunities for folks who live in Shelby County. Yeah, yeah some some good practical practical answers and, and practical solutions. Let's talk a little maybe more uh, macro or existential. And, and I want to ask this question, which I love to ask people: is is what do you think the role of redemption and mercy are in the criminal justice system? Because um, I see precious little of it, but I wonder if if you've thought about that, or if you could speak to, you know, respond to that. What role does redemption and mercy play? Well, I mean, Josh, I think a lot of that has to do with one's one's worldview. So I guess in terms of, and I'll circle back and answer your question, but, you know, 
is are people uh, evil and do good things or are people good who happen to do periodically evil things? And so my, my view is that uh, evil is real. It exists within our world um, and that there is justice that should be um, um, obtained in our community. So um, it's the, you know, eye for an eye, if you will, that there is a balance there in terms of um, uh, a crime that was committed and the justice that should be paid. At the same time, your question was about redemption and mercy. You know, um, uh, redemption and mercy play a huge role um, in um, um, my own life. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> Most that, of us. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, the, the, the fact that we uh, do make poor decisions, right? And um, we're personally accountable for those uh, poor decisions. Um, and so, uh, you know, yeah, in terms of your question, I did, I did see the question earlier. Um, I, I guess I, I need to better understand what you're, yeah. it, it, yeah, well, it, it, there's no, it plays a role. It's an I mean, entire podcast series that one right. day I might have because yeah. it's such a, it, I mean, it leads me to the next, you know, this is not the next question, but it would lead to a conversation about systems. Right. And when we, if we do, and I think we, you and I could come to a pretty clear understanding together and agree that redemption and mercy are important. And if right. we can't offer it to anyone, then we can't have a, a society. Right. Uh, and so it leads to, you know, what, Questions like what happens when your systems don't value them hardly at all, and you know, right. so I don't, I don't. Exp- well, and I guess that's in part what I was trying to say when I say the the correction system should not be looked through the lens of finance. Uh, right. You know. Right. That that, that there, yeah, it, that justice and mercy. Uh, should play into our thought process. Well, that's that's a perfect segue into my next question because it's a finance question, which I think right. I think you'll appreciate. And I, I'm going to give you a lot of information here, and don't expect you to have heard it before or or really you know respond to it directly. But we have in this county um, uh, a, a phone service provider for people who are locked up to communicate with their families. Um, Connection with families is one of the primary drivers of of recidivism or reducing right. recidivism. If we can keep people in touch with their families, and that usually means person to person visits, getting them back to their families as quickly as possible. We know they come back into the system less often. Um, but our phone system in this uh, community is run by a company called Global Tellink. The county has a contract with uh, with that provider, uh, and the county takes about half of the money annually from that contract. And it's about ha- it's about a million and a half dollars, about three million dollars annually. Million and a half goes out of this community. Million and a half stays in this community. But every dollar of it comes out of the pockets of families who are desperate to stay in touch with their loved ones. Now, you just talked about how big yeah. the Shelby County budget is. Um, those are tiny numbers, uh, yeah. and they're uh, they're tiny numbers even in the context of a jail. <laughs> and right. so, and this again, this, you may never have heard this this. Right. Example, but I wonder wh- what's your response to a revenue stream like that, well, <laughs> knowing I, I, what barriers it creates yeah, and, and where that money comes from. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm physically squirming in my seat because it just, <laughs> just it just doesn't make me f- feel good. I mean, it's just I'd love to dig in more to yeah. the details of it, mm-hmm. but what I've heard thus far is it sounds like the county is is profiting from someone who's sitting in uh, jail who's making phone calls to a loved one and it just, it doesn't sit right with me. Um, not, not the way I'm wired. Yeah. And, um, and it wasn't and so, a trap question. I yeah. think most people respond that way. Right. And that's, oh no, no, I agree. Yeah. And, and, and that's why I've enjoyed uh, over the course of many years, our conversations and your 
updates in terms of the work that you're you're doing in this area that I would uh, venture to say uh, nine out of ten people outside of this studio um, aren't aren't that familiar with. And so I appreciate the fact that sure. you do, you are bringing attention to things like this that um, uh, appear uh, to be injustice, you know. And so uh, would would love to dig into it. I, I'm, all, I'm you know I guess I've. Um, experienced enough to know that there's always two sides to sure. that, but I would uh, would love to uh, take a look at it, and it, it it appears that it's something that needs to be corrected. Yeah, yeah, and, and I'm not yeah. suggesting that it's a yeah. mayor's problem yeah. either. You're the right. sheriff obviously runs the jail, but well, but but it, you, you say just it's not a mayor's problem. At the same time, I mean there there is a pulpit that, right. that right. you know if if I'm going to go out and talk about um, education, if I'm going to go out and talk about economic development, I think there's. Uh, there's certainly things like this that uh, that America can go out and advocate for, yeah. no doubt. Yeah, speaking of things like that, and, and you use the word profit, profiteering, maybe um, I have that word written down in the right. question. Uh, the next, uh, you know, place or in a much larger uh, scale is is money bail. It, are people in that jail uh, who could get out of the jail were they to come up with a few hundred bucks or a few thousand bucks to pay to a bondsman and billions of dollars go out of this uh, community uh, into the pockets of of for profit bail bonding companies, and I wonder if if you know you've been asked this question in forums that I've, right. I've seen. I wonder what uh, if you can give us a little more put a little yeah, meat on that yeah, bone yeah. the money bail system, and, and how could you contribute to the to the move the reform efforts that yeah. people like us are, are yeah yeah. It is definitely something that I would love to, and I would rely on someone like you. So, I mean, t- t- tell me what bail reform looks like. Right. Um, as I shared my personal example earlier with this young man um, that I have this relationship with, you know, just me going and bailing him out for driving with a revoked or suspended license, um, you know, it was it was four figures. It was a significant amount. Right. And, and um, the resources that I had available versus the resources his, he had available, it was an enormous hurdle for him. And so I was, you know, talking about uh, redemption and, right. and mercy. Right. I mean, I was gladly able to help him out and very willing to do that. But uh, unfortunately, there's many who are caught in that trap. Yeah. And so I, I would love to hear from you in terms yeah, of how I, we could... And I think yeah. I think it just ultimately comes down to a commitment to creating a system that treats you the same way, no matter how much money you have. And, right. and that means if it's necessary to detain you, and sometimes it's necessary to detain you, right. uh, then we do that without putting a dollar amount on it. And if you're not a risk to the community, and if you've lived here all your life, and if it's your first or second offense, then right. we don't put a price tag on your freedom and because someone who could pay that is free. Uh, and so it's, it's ultimately just very, very simple, right? It's creating a system that's not a dual system. It's a system that treats everyone the same, no matter how much money they have. And, um, and it, you know, right. Bale's the best example of that. Right. And, and there are plenty of solutions. There are solutions within the system already. I mean, we do release a lot of people, but we do have nearly 3,000 people in that jail. And one of the big reasons and the big drivers is it's, our dependence, is is our on, dependence on, yeah. on, on a dollar amount. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's certainly worth looking at and, uh, and, and taking a look at changing yeah. Um, this is a question that um, that you have uh, actually been been talking about in the campaign when you when you talk about uh, your opponent's vote on a on a bill from last session that right. enhanced punishment for uh, 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 people with prior felony records who possess handguns, the so-called crooks with guns bill that, that Mark Norris uh, supported. So um, it's, 
you know, I think well, it wasn't just it, it wasn't just Martin Norris. I mean, it was the oh, yeah, it was sure. the law enforcement. Was sponsor. It, yeah, right. yeah, it was right. the law enforcement community yeah. here in Shelby County, and, and, and behind behind leadership from from uh, the district attorney and, and part of this uh, federal local partnership, the Public that, uh, Safety Institute, right, right. Yeah, 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 all of that. So, that, so okay. that I guess the question that I have about, and it's a, it's a I'm trying not to make it wonky and insider, but um, that 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 fiscal note on that bill was was twenty million dollars originally, and it came down to I think fifteen million dollars, and it, and the prediction was that it would impact about one hundred and twelve people statewide each year, and so I, I I guess the question when I when I hear you take issue with with a vote against that is this is a dollars and cents question. What is the number, or what what is it worth? to have effective criminal justice policy because you're talking about a few dozen people and you're talking about a few years in addition to a, a, an already significant sentence for an offense that in, in and of itself is not really violent. So I guess go into that further. I see the, well, the I talking mean, points go back yeah, and forth, yeah, but well, I'd love to hear I, your... I, I guess here's my thing, uh, Josh. I, I don't know that in one uh, conversation we exclude dollars and cents and another, you know, <laughs> sure. inclu- include no, dollars. It seems a little contradictory. But because um, I guess at the end of the day, um, a a criminal, violent criminal with a gun, is a crime. All right, I'd agree. Of course. Uh, okay, and, and so uh, toughening the sentence for a violent criminal with a gun, um, I believe, is intended to def- deter that violent criminal from having a gun. Sure. But, but at mean, what cost? I mean, we do have to consider the cost. Of, but, if that, if but, that isn't even a deterrent, and but, there's evidence but, to suggest but, it's not. But at the same time, Josh, we have to calculate the potential cost of that violent criminal using that gun. Mm-hmm, sure. They've already proven themselves. And this kind of gets back to redemption and mercy. And, right, it does. Uh, a hard and has it changed. And so I would say if a, if a criminal... A violent criminal who's already broken the law by definition mm-hmm. now has a gun, therefore has broken the law again. Has the heart really changed because they're a lawbreaker? Right. So I, I appreciate the fact that you want to uh, tie it financially, but the reality is, is this is intended to deter a violent criminal from committing a crime that could ultimately mean in the loss of life. Sure. So quantify that for me. Sure. Uh, well, I would, I think, first point out that that you, to qualify for this enhancement, you don't have to have committed a violent act. You could have possessed a certain amount of drugs to, to make it a felony. And, no, there was an and, amendment to the bill. Yeah. There was an amendment to the bill that, that pulled, pulled that away. I mean, we're, this, is, this is violent crimes. Or In violent the past. Crim- right. right. Yeah. A, vi- a violent criminal. Mm-hmm. With a gun, okay, is a crime. Oh, of course, of course. No, I don't. I don't dispute that. I don't well, dispute that. It, well, that's the problem, I guess, I have with my my opponent is I don't know that he sees that as a crime, and 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 so again, the I believe the intent of it is to deter uh, a another violent crime from occurring. Sure. Um, and, and I guess I would prefer to have a more proactive approach uh, to that um, as opposed to a reactive uh, right. approach to that. After it's done. Right. I understand that. Um, well, we could have that conversation for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so just to kind of, I mean, we're, we're nearing the end of our time. Unfortunately, I'm really enjoying talking to you. But um, and it, 
what's the what's missing from our community conversation about crime? I mean, uh, so much of this campaign and every campaign in this commu- in this town, you know, re- revolves around and talks significantly about crime. What's missing? Are there investments that we're not making? Is there? This is sort of a catch-all pro- uh, yeah. question. What, what do yeah. you want to say about crime that you haven't? been able to say in a talking point you know you know Jess. i don't know it's missing from a from a talking point perspective um i think it's missing from a um a get get off your seat perspective i mean is is a, a mentoring and parental involvement you know um read the book the two westmores i mean an incredible story about two young men both named westmore lived in the northeast one committed a violent crime um and, and the other didn't and so as he's writing this book at the end, he says, what, what was the real difference in terms of why the two West Moors ended up on different paths? And it had to do, it had to do with mentoring and, and parental involvement. So, you know, where we are as a community, whether you see us uh, as a good community uh, headed to a great community or you see us, you know, because uh, un- unfortunately many are naysayers in our community and crime is, is part of that conversation. But what, wherever we are as a community is a reflection of our own priorities. So if, if we want to improve education and if we want to improve economic development, if we want to reduce crime, then what I've said in, in, in other uh, uh, forums is that for our city to get on its feet, we have to get off our ass. <laughs> and so we need to get more involved. We need to quit having uh, the conversation and and. You know, as, as uh, Elvis would say, a little more action, please. Right. So, I mean, uh, we talk about it a lot. Uh, one of my favorite riddles by Truett Cathy, uh, he says, three frogs are sitting on a log. Two decided to jump off. How many are left? Well, a quick answer would be one was left on the log. But deciding to jump and jumping are two different things. Just because two decided to jump doesn't mean that they actually jumped. So if we want to uh, talk about crime, I believe we need to talk about uh, mentoring, parental involvement, getting our faith-based community um, to get more involved in relationship building and life-changing activity so that there is accountability and there is change that goes goes on within uh, someone who might uh, be on a path of crime. Right. So um, that, that, that would be my call, if you will, sure. would be to encourage more folks to get involved in the life of someone else here in our community. Yeah. Well, th- well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing our views. I know you're right. super busy with the campaign, and I wish you the best of luck in the election coming up. Yeah. Thank you, Josh. Glad to be here. That was Shelby County trustee and Republican candidate for Shelby County Mayor David Lenore talking crime, public safety, and criminal justice reform. I hope you gained some insight that will help you as you cast your vote in the next few weeks. Early voting has started, so when you're finished your research, including listening to my interview with State Senator Lee Harris, get out and vote and take a friend. There are a few other contests on the ballot that matter significantly to the future of our criminal justice system. So get informed and go vote. Speaking of voting... I vote for the OAM Network as the best podcast network in Memphis. And my thanks to Gil and Carla Worth, as always, for bringing power to the podcast and podcasts to the people of Memphis. Check out some of their shows at theoamnetwork.com. I think we should elect Jeff Hewlett as Memphis Minstrel-in-Chief for giving us She Got Gone, original theme music for the permanent record. I'm Josh Spickler. I am not on the ballot, thankfully. This is the permanent record, a production of Just City. Learn more about our work at JustCity.org and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at JustCity901. Make sure you're subscribing to The Permanent Record somewhere. Give us a rating. It helps build our audience. 
In a just city, we listen, we speak up, and we vote. Our thanks to you for doing all three. 